Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Kensington Unitarian Sunday Gathering. Welcome to those of you joining us online. Um, I can see on the screen friends from near and far, old and new. I think we have people joining us from Germany, Wales, Ireland, and no doubt many other places that I don't know about. So welcome to you. And welcome to all of you who've joined us in person here at Essex Church in Notting Hill, London. For those of you I've not met before, I'm Sarah Tinker, and I'm delighted to be here with you this morning. Today's service has butterflies as its theme, and Heidi Ferrid will be talking to us later about her use of butterfly imagery in artwork. Our invitation, as always, is for each of us to find some message in our gathering through words, music, silence. Let's make some space, each of us, to hear those silent whisperings of our hearts, to sense the, the great call of life itself that beckons us onwards, though we may not know where or how. So let's take a moment now to take breath and take stock. We might take one of those lovely conscious breaths. Allow your every molecule to settle here and now. For we've set aside this hour to spend together and it's a time for us to reflect, to turn inwards, to, for our thoughts perhaps to just drift off or maybe to be more focused and alert. So may we all in this next hour find something that we're seeking in our lives. Our chalice flame is lit. It's reminding us of our worldwide Unitarian and Unitarian Universalist communities, a beacon of light reminding us that we are one people living one life on one planet Earth, our home. How very precious this is, this shared life. Some words from Richard Fuchs. For the sun and the dawn which we did not create, for the moon and the evening which we did not make, for food, which we may eat but cannot grow. For friends and loved ones, we have not earned and cannot buy. For this gathered community, which welcomes us as we are, from wherever we've come from. For the freedom and commitment of communities such as ours. Communities that keep us human and encourage us in our quests for beauty, for truth and love and friendship. Let's lift up our hearts and give thanks this day. So we've got some great hymns this morning. As uh, always, we're singing in a grey hymn book if you're here in church. For those of you online, the um, words will appear on your screens. So the first one is an old favourite. It's number 38 and it's um, Morning Has Broken with uh, words by poet Eleanor, I never know how to pronounce this name, Farjon maybe, Eleanor Farjon. If you have a hymn book and you look at number 38, you'll see, um, I think at the bottom left, the name of the hymn tune, which is Bonesson. I don't know if that rings any bells for any of you. Bonesson is a small village on the Scottish island of Mull. It's a truly beautiful place. And this is an old Gaelic melody. Uh, it's a lovely tune. Let's sing, or free, feel free just simply to listen. Morning has broken, 
Lovely. As I call on the divine spirit of life and love to be with us now and to bless all that we do and say together this day. May each of us now align ourselves with that which we hold to be of greatest worth in the living of our lives. Entering that quiet inner space where, where new insights may emerge. Oh, let's give thanks for the beauty of this day, for our lives and for life gifts we have been given. And if we feel able to do so, let's give thanks for the difficult tasks and experiences our life may be presenting to us. Knowing that no life journey is without difficulty, without stumbling. These times in which we live can often seem turbulent. We hear so much of the world's problems and can feel helpless in the face of some seemingly irresolvable dilemmas in our own lives as in the life of the world. Yet just as muddy waters in a jam jar will eventually settle and clear, let us now allow ourselves to settle, to find a place of clear calm within. Taking an opportunity to strengthen those inner resources, our power within. This day, let us pray for our world's leaders, that they may work for the highest good, transcending limitations of party or group, aiming beyond self-interest, rather aiming for the highest good. As we pray for the people of Ukraine, Iran, Palestinian territories, those living in the Sudan, to name but a few of this world's troubled places, let's pray that they may find ways to peace. We think of all those dealing with wildfires the world over and pray for their safety. As we pray for the world's scientists and engineers, that they might find solutions to the problems of our day. as we pray for people in our own lives for whom life is challenging. Let us extend our care to any painful places inside ourselves. In these few moments of silence, let us consider our own cares and prayers of our own hearts this day. And I invite you to imagine a circle of light, a bit like our spiraling circle of lit candles on the table. Imagining a circle of light surrounding all difficulties and dilemmas. And may that bring fresh hope, insight and possibility. 
and may this be for the greater good of all. Amen. We get to sing again now. Um, if you look at uh, number 123 in the hymn book, you'll see that it's an old favorite, Spirit of Life. Spirit of Life, come unto me. Sing in my heart all the stirrings of compassion. Um, the words will appear on your screens as well. And it's so short, we thought we'd sing it twice. Well, it says on the order of service, true story, and it is a true story, but it's not mine. Uh, and it's quite a long but really interesting story about one butterfly and the people who found it. Um, a minister friend called Joy Croft sent it to me after I'd shared a really well-known spiritual teaching story with her. And that's one you may have heard before about a butterfly emerging from a chrysalis. A kindly person tries to help the process by gently cutting away some of the confining shell and in so doing harms the butterfly who needs to make its own struggling journey out of the chrysalis in order to grow properly. The struggle is a crucial part of the butterfly's development. Now, that's a life lesson that I personally have to learn over and over again, that in trying to help someone, we may sometimes actually hinder their development in life. But the story I'm going to tell you now uh, holds another message for me, that, and that message is that there is so much to be gained if we play close attention to the natural world in which we live and move and have our very being. And I wonder what message you might find in this story. See what you think. And annoyingly and embarrassingly, I don't know the name of the man who's telling the story because it got left off the email she sent me. But his partner is called Lynn and they live in Canterbury and they clearly love being in nature. So this is their story. Early in July, we were walking in a local wood that we know well. Lynn had gone on ahead a little and there I was walking barefoot. I'd fallen behind. And I was walking on the path. A butterfly stumbled out of the undergrowth and rolled across the path in front of me, trying to fly, but clearly unable to leave the ground. 
Looking more closely, I realized it had only one wing. So I cupped my hands around it and I picked it up and the missing wing hadn't developed. There was just a small rolled up stub where it should have been. So I carried it in my hands to show Lynn and she noticed that the other butterflies were feeding on some nearby blackberry flowers. So we went and picked one, put it in my hand with some drops of water and the butterfly freely extended its proboscis into the flower and the water droplets. We even held the flowers in front of it for it to feed on. We were feeding a butterfly there in the woods and it was amazing. We realized it had little chance of survival if we left it there, so decided to take it back home. I carried it back to the car, temporarily transferred it to a plant pot that we'd got usefully in the back of the car. And when we got home, we sat in the garden and we soon found that Budlia was the perfect flower for a butterfly that could walk but not fly. So we picked a Budlia stem, sat on the lawn, held it to the butterfly, who quickly climbed onto it and started feeding vigorously. And this carried on all summer. The butterfly came everywhere with us. We took it back and forth from Canterbury to Sussex, to our daughter's graduation, camping, to the sea, everywhere. We lived with the butterfly all summer. Everywhere we went, we looked out for Budlia as a food source. And wherever we stopped, we took it out and we let it walk and flap around on the grass. We held it, we lay down next to it, we watched it closely. We de developed quite an intimate relationship with this insect. We learned its rhythms of activity and rest. We held it, we fed it, we let it walk on us. It died in early September, and we took it back to the exact place in the wood beside a tree where it had stumbled out onto the path. And we'd noticed at the time that a snail had left an unusually patterned trail higher up on the bark of the tree like writing. That day, we laid the butterfly on some moss at the base of the tree, covered it with some leaves, silently gave thanks, wished it well and left. About six months later, I was telling students on a course I teach on dreams at the university the story of this butterfly as an example of what Jung would term synchronicity. And I'd shown them a photo I'd taken of the snail trail on the tree when we'd returned it. One of the students remarked that the writing on the tree clearly said LEP, L-E-P. I was amazed I had not seen this before as it seemed so obvious once they'd pointed it out. And then I thought that LEP could be short for Lepidoptera, the family of butterflies and moths. And then looking deeper, I found that the connections between LEP and butterflies is much older than this, going back to ancient Indian and Chinese languages too, where it's linked to words for leaf and flattened out. This, I felt, was nature talking. So we felt then, and still do now, that the butterfly was the gift of the forest, a gift of nature. It's continued to deepen our relationship with an understanding of her ever since. So a thank you to you, Lynn, and to your partner for this story from the living of your lives as part of the natural world. I'm very touched by that story, and it immediately made me think of times I've spent with butterflies and bees and watching them feed. But let's, let's take ourselves now into a, a time of meditation. It's, um, there's going to be a few introductory words. These come from the Grateful Living Organization, which was founded in the year 2000 by Brother David Steindl Rast, a Benedictine monk, who's devoted his life to encouraging interfaith dialogue and to exploring the interweaving of science and spirituality. Brother David is sometimes described as the grandfather of gratitude and the Grateful Living website has many wonderful resources freely available, including the text of this guided meditation. So let's ready ourselves for a time of inner focus as these few words will be followed by three minutes of shared silence and stillness together and then a chime from our bell 
will be followed by Peter playing the piano for us. Um, this short meditation offers an invitation to walk through our days, taking nothing for granted. With conscious acknowledgement of the amazing things and people that make up our lives. So let's get ready to turn, our, turn inwards. Feel free to follow these words or simply enjoy your own meditative process. Let's embrace this ordinary moment to slow down and connect with the breath. As we slowly breathe in and out, invite an awareness of how the breath we are breathing every moment of the day while we're doing anything and everything. This breath and this breath, a thousand times an hour, without any effort. Our lungs are nourishing and renewing all the cells in our bodies, keeping us alive, connected to all of life in every moment. The ordinary is extraordinary. When we take nothing for granted, life is abundant. Breathing, touching, running water, a meal, a tree, a window, routines and everyday activities, the people we meet on a street. It is so easy to lose touch with how amazing life can be, to take for granted people and things in life that could render us awestruck if we'd never seen them before or if we knew that we might never see them again. Let us open ourselves to the extraordinary nature of these. Lean in, listen, engage with them anew. What is calling to be recognized in your life? What we take for granted every day, many people are longing for. We may once have longed for these things ourselves and we may very well again. Can we fill ourselves with a sense of abundance that comes from truly noticing and savoring what is already in our life? The ordinary is extraordinary. When we allow ourselves to see the things and people we encounter with fresh eyes. If we can respond to our experiences as if they were the first day of life, we will have used this day very well. Let us marvel at and appreciate the abundance that is already ours as we enter the fellowship of quietness together.
Ah, oh, that was a beautiful piece of music, really lovely. And it's from Madame Butterfly, Puccini's opera. So, um, we don't often use this grey hymn book, but one of the, the little secrets of it is that it's really full of great readings at the back. And so if ever you're bored in this service, which I know would never happen, <laughs> but if you were ever bored, you could read all these readings, and I think you'd enjoy them. So um, I'm inviting us now to read together, if we want, uh, number 682, <clears throat> which is called Beauty Before Me. Um, the, the words will also appear on the screen. The, the, these words come from the Navajo Nation tradition, and I'm reading them with real respect and appreciation. I think these words have come to mean a great deal to many people around the world. So today, let's read them with particular appreciation and respect and probably concern for the butterflies of our world and for all nature of which we are an integral part. So just join in with me if you so wish. Beauty is before me and beauty behind me. Above me and below me hovers the beautiful. I am surrounded by it. I am immersed in it. In my youth, I am aware of it. And in old age, I shall walk quietly the beautiful trail. In beauty it is begun. In beauty it is ended. Thank you. And now I'm going to hand over to Heidi Ferret. Take it away, Heidi. Hello, can you hear me? Uh, yeah, I don't talk a bit about butterflies and what they could mean to us. I remember visiting a butterfly farm in the south of Spain. It was magnificent. They had all sorts of exotic butterflies. What I liked best, though, was watching a butterfly coming out of the chrysalis. I mean, that really, that transformation really, for me, some kind of miracle. There are, of course, scientific explanations got to do with hormones and all sorts of chemical processes, but it, I feel it's a simple miracle how they come from being caterpillars into the chrysalis phase and then fly off as butterflies. And uh, when I started to paint butterflies, I wasn't really that interested in a realistic uh, reproduction of butterflies. We can, of course, have sort of encyclopedias of butterflies at different types and all that. But I was more interested in a sort of emotional and symbolic kind of aspect of uh, butterflies. And uh, the I brought a few of my paintings along. And the first one I want to talk about is this one here uh, behind me. And it's called Four Season Butterflies. And uh, I start with the spring butterflies in a fresh spring landscape, uh, then move on to summer sort of bright summer colors and butterflies, and then move on to autumn, a more mellow kind of uh, autumnal colors with the butterflies. And then we have the winter butterflies, cool colors, even a bit of snow. Now, we all know, of course, there are no butterflies in winter. Uh, they're hiding, I mean, the caterpillars are hiding in the ground and there are no butterflies. But we can imagine them, and art can help us to imagine them. And art, I feel, can help us to imagine and experience a different kind of reality 
beyond the sort of mundane everyday reality. That when I say that, uh, I don't mean let's uh, go into escapism and uh, ignore uh, the mundane realities of life, like having to pay the gas bill and all that sort of thing, which is sometimes difficult for people. But uh, there is really so much more. And I think the winter butterflies can sort of remind us of that. So uh, let's move on to the next painting. And that's this one here. And this one is called Butterflies in Menards. Uh, can you can you see it? Uh, okay. And uh, well, this is another flight of fancy of mine. I must admit, the Menads they were uh, Greek in Greek mythology. Uh, they were women. They were female worshippers of the god Dionysus. And uh, there are reports that uh, Greek women used to go into the woods and celebrate secret rites in honor of Dionysus. And uh, not much is known about it. In fact, uh, all we know is that some male writers uh, disapproved of it, that the women are going off without male supervision and celebrating these rites. And nobody ever knew what exactly were they were doing because they were sworn to secrecy and uh, and they never broke this oath. But I somehow it started to it fired my fantasy, this this sort of mythological story, as Greek myth often does for me. And I thought they might have danced with butterflies. And um uh, then the butterflies might have sort of become larger than life. And and so that's what this painting is about. And they have also the different colors reflect different mood, more uh, joyful, more reflective moods, uh, and uh, some sort of uh, mystic relationship between the women and the butterflies. That That was my sort of thought behind it. So, uh, and then the third painting is this one here. Uh, and we have two butterflies flying together. You often see that actually, but two butterflies sort of almost dancing with each other. And um, they're flying together and I've given them almost human eyes. It's not only we look at the butterflies, but the butterflies look back at us and uh, maybe they say, what are you doing to us uh, with your modern agricultural pesticides and all this stuff? You're making life difficult to us. Or maybe they just say, hello, how are you? And uh, uh, nice to see you sort of thing. So uh, different possibilities. Uh, yeah, there's something else I want to mention briefly, and that's, I mean, there is this practice uh, of collecting butterflies. Some people, I don't know how popular it is now, but some people uh, do it, collect them, but it, 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 I don't like it. They put it, they kill them. Of course, you have to kill them and put them into boxes as sort of specimens. I, I'm not personally not very keen on that. But of course, uh, you probably have known about Damien Hirst, a very famous uh, contemporary British artist, and he used big butterfly uh, images and um, made big, big installations with butterflies. They're actually quite beautiful, but as I say, I sort of have my doubts about it because they're all real dead butterflies. Yeah. And in Puccini's opera, the tragic heroine, she uh, actually refers to this practice. She says, oh, maybe sometimes you kill the butterflies. And of course, uh, we already had one bit from Puccini's opera. And uh, Un bel Dio, I think that's the area where she is uh, hoping for the return of her lover, who, of course, ultimately betrays her. 
So um, anyway, thanks a lot to Peter for all this beautiful music and thank you for listening. Thank you, Heidi. Much appreciated. And, and thanks for telling me earlier that the, the Greek word for butterfly is psyche, which so we can discuss this further over, over a cup of tea, can't we? Um, so let's now sing our closing hymn today. It's number 20 in the green hymnal. The words will be on the screen. Another old favorite, I'd say, called Be Thou My Vision with words from an ancient Irish prayer sung to an Irish folk melody. do sit down. A few announcements now. My thanks as always go to Ramona for tech hosting here and Charlotte for co-hosting online. Thank you Heidi for sharing your ideas and your art with us. Always lovely. And thanks to Peter for beautifully themed music. And Peter is going on holiday and he's going to have a jolly good time because <laughs> he thoroughly deserves it. Uh, thank you Patricia for greeting too. And I can't remember who's serving drinks today but whoever it is. Hannah, Hannah and, uh, and Patricia, thank you very much, everybody, for that. Um, so if you're here in person, do please uh, stay for a cup of tea and a chat after the service, and we've got some Turkish treats, but courtesy of Hannah, so thank you for that. And if you're online, do stay and have a chat with Charlotte, and that would be really nice too. We've always got the uh, notices on the back of the order of service sheet, and there's a weekly email that goes out on Friday, so do sign up for that if you don't get it already. Always lots of group activities, small group activities going throughout the week, including the online heart and soul gatherings. These are really beautiful, and uh, this, um, this week's theme, so which is tonight and also on Friday, is on the theme of tradition. And I think from the autumn in October, there'll be a monthly in-person heart and soul gathering here in the church. Looking further ahead, you're going to be having your annual um, Gathering the Waters service on the 3rd of September. So do bring some water from your travels if you've been away or from your tap if uh, you've been at home. And there's also a plan to have a bring and share lunch on that day, but it does need someone or two people to volunteer to coordinate what's been brought and everything. So do, if you want that to happen, do try and find someone to volunteer. And we're also looking for a paid position of an audiovisual assistant. I, this is so um, ageist of me to say this. If you know a young person who's technically capable, or any of us older people who like editing videos and sitting at the back, pressing the right buttons at the right time. Uh, six hours work a week on average, and it really would suit somebody, because most of it you do at home. It would just be one Sunday a month in church. 
I think we're going to find the right person. And your minister, Jane Blackhall, is going to be here leading next Sunday's service with assistance online from Cody Coyne, who is the really lovely minister in Manchester. Um, so keep in touch with people, everybody. It's, uh, it's important to nurture those supportive connections. And we're going to be having some closing words now and closing music. This is another, it's going to be another fine piece from uh, Madam Butterfly. But first of all, some closing words. Rabindranath Tagore wrote that the butterfly counts not months, but moments. The butterfly counts not months, but moments, and has time enough. So as we step out into our lives once more, May we be the people who notice life's beauty, the beauty of a human smile, a small act of kindness given, the touch of a hand when it's needed most. May we be the people who notice the beauty of this earth, its many colors and its multitudinous life forms. And may we be the people who recognize that life exists in moments, precious, fleeting moments, to be appreciated and released like butterflies again and again and again. Amen. Go well, all of you, and blessed be you.
Thank you.